Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Welcome, everyone, to Hi, everybody. <laughs> another episode of Crystallizing Conversations. Today, we are um, exploring a very interesting topic, which is the science of smell and plant essences. And we have an amazing guest on. Iris, would you like to introduce Lian? Yes. So today we have Lian Tan Anderson, creates sacred spaces for soul coherence empowering people to live creatively from a loving and radiant heart. She facilitates mystical experiences globally at retreats, workshops, and classes. She is a certified aromatherapy coach and a certified raindrop technique specialist. As a board-certified licensed spiritual healer, her meaningful work in the realm of spiritual frequency is based on her intimate partnership with loving celestial beings, crystal angels, sound vibrations, and plant spirits. Combining her Wayfinder life coaching training and her credentials as an emotional wisdom with essential oils coach trainer, she coaches both her clients and aspiring coaches to access the emotional wisdom that lives in their hearts in partnership with Young Living Essential Oils. Her heartfelt wish is for everyone to ground into a sense of simplicity as a way of life and to experience resilience while receiving abundance with ease and grace. What a beautiful bio. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite lovely. a mouthful. Thank- <laughs> It's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And just for our listeners, how we met Lien was through um, Natured Center Coaching. We had Jen Bauer on on our episode of um, Animal Guides. Also from her program, we had Chris Olivas on Healing Our Inner Child. So we're very excited to meet with you today, Lien. Thank you. I am so honored to be here. So before we get started on our topic at hand, uh, we wanted to ask if you have a favorite crystal or one that you're currently working with. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning I put on my blue kyanite because oh, I, yeah, as I'm sitting here uh, practicing speaking, <laughs> my thoughts and my desires and my prayers and my wishes, blue kyanite truly holds that space for me. So that's what I'm working on with today. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Hmm. So um, can you, before we get started on the actual topic of our sense of smell or our olfactory system and how all that works and how that ties in with plant essences, can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you became interested in the field of physical and spiritual healing? I was always attracted to smell, and I think that's an inherent attraction within most humans. 
And I remember my first purchase of an essential oil at a market in um, London, out just outside of London, when I was 18 mm-hmm. years old. And uh, I was also really fascinated at that time. Uh, there were lots of shops coming up, like the body shop, and um, focusing on scents and potpourri. And it was always something that my heart yearned for. But I, what I did notice was it wasn't according to the book that I bought, which is an aromatherapy book that said it could do all these things for me. And in fact, most of what I bought went rancid pretty quickly. So it was a genuine oh, interesting. Story. Yeah. Throughout, uh, you know, 20, 30 years of finally um, really landing on a high frequency um, connection with plant essences. And before that, I um, did a lot of experimentation. Uh, But besides that, I also had trials and tribulations in my life that involved my health, my children's health, and my own emotional uh, suffering and challenges that I went through that really brought me into the realm of healing. And most of all, it was... uh, very gradual. So when you look back in hindsight, you notice that every choice you make sort of puts you um, in the path. And there were moments of choices where I could have gone different ways, but um, life just, uh, you know, made it happen. And I think it is an element of trust that brought me to where I am today. But, you know, to, to kind of sum it up, I started out in my career as a um, financial analyst. I was basically oh, a wow. stock analyst at an investment bank. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was Complete not opposite. Happy. Complete opposite. <laughs> I was following what I would call today, um, you know, culture versus nature. Mm -hmm. Culture dictated that I uh, went to university, pursued the most um, high-paying job, and uh, get married and live happily ever after. Well, I did get married, and I'm living happily ever after, but in between, I realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I knew um, nature was always calling to me, but I was still in that headspace of being in my mind, not in my heart. And so in that space, I was uh, dreaming up ways of saving the world. And I mm. went back to school and did an environmental policy master's degree. And with that, oh, wow. I was going to um, craft economic policies that were mainly focused on sustainable development uh, for the women and children of poor countries to help them rise as human beings and and to honor nature at the same time. I did an internship at the United Nations Development Program in New York, and I had all these dreams of basically, if you want to look at it from from a different perspective it was to sit in an ivory tower in a beautiful building somewhere in new york uh pretend i knew anything about the lives of these poor people i was trying to help and craft economic policies that were going to save them uh while 
trying to prove that to, you know, whole contingent of policy advisors and not even knowing if it would ever be implemented and going through years and years of typing out models and then not knowing if there was going to be um, side effects from that. You know, there's always going to be unintended consequences and who's going to benefit from that. So long right. story short, I thought I knew what I wanted, but really my the grander plan was already unfolding for me. And mm. it was something I needed to study and go through. And to come out the other side and say, that's not what I want. This is what I want. And it's exactly the same. It is empowering women and children in developing countries. It is empowering um, families to have better health, to be uh, in a space of being able to make decisions from trust and, and surrender and and in connection with nature and supporting the honoring and and preservation and regenerating of nature while we're doing it. I think that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think it's so beautiful for you to have the perspective of, I thought this, I did that, and realize no. So then I tried this because this is something I think would benefit a lot of people and realize no. And rather than getting disheartened or, you know, still pushing, 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 you trusted the flow, you trusted your intuition and landed upon what you were supposed to be doing all along. I think that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. And, and the, the emphasis here is that uh, it was laying the foundation for what I'm doing today because right. I really, yeah. uh, it was, um, absolutely part of the whole, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you mm -hmm. learn experiences along the way. So that's just, that's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> so in our pre-meet with you, you had explained that you're an advocate for using our sense of smell in our healing journey. Can you tell us a little bit of the science behind our sense of smell and how it affects our limbic system, our brain, our memory? I know it's very extensive. Our olfactory system, I had was I was doing a little bit of research and apparently there's six to seven million receptors around that. That's what they're estimating when it comes to our sense of smell. So it is very complicated. <laughs> but if you could just give us a, a little bit of insight into that, uh, we would we would really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think everyone can identify with the idea that when you smell something, it brings back memories. And it can be as simple as smelling something in the oven when you walk into a house and reminding you of your childhood home or going home to your childhood home and telling your mother that, oh, that's what I want to have for dinner because that smell truly brings me back to those happy moments. So mm -hmm. scientifically, what it's accessing is the limbic system, uh, is directly where when we inhale something, it goes right there. So in essence, the sense of smell, the olfactory system, is the only one of our five or six senses that actually bypasses our conscious mind to go wow. right into our what you call the limbic system, which is our ancient uh, brain that has the 
you know, the codes of our memories. And it could be um, from ancestral memories. It could be from our childhood. It could be from before we were even born. And it is also where we are um, processing a lot of our emotions and our traumas without us actually consciously aware of it. So as we inhale Mm -hmm. the essential oils, there is this reaction that happens. It's almost like an electrical reaction with the chemicals and the molecules of the essential oils, which are very different from each plant. And it's not something we can really recreate in labs because there's a whole package of different compounds that make up any particular essential oil also different when it's grown and harvested and time of season and all of that. So one uh, lavender bottle is very different from the next lavender bottle because of the essence of time and space. So as we inhale it, there are certain molecules that vibrate at the the frequency that our cells receive. And so it's sort of the molecules are singing a song to us and we're responding and we're finding this coherence with it and it is lifting us up to that coherence level. And Beautiful. on another uh level, it is also as if these chemical compounds have a skeleton key. That skeleton key fits exactly into the receptor sites of our cells. Either way, these two um, reactions are triggering the blueprint of the cell. It's activating the cell to almost run its program, its original programming. And so as we um, inhale it, that's happening. And we are finding ourselves feeling a little lighter, feeling a little less agitated, um, feeling maybe even more clarity. And these are just sensations that we can actually um, maybe quantify. But there's lots of other processes that are going on that is beneath our our conscious mind. And over time, we start to see that we are finding more balance and harmony in our everyday responses and reactions to life. So I could go a little deeper where we can talk about the, the main components of essential oils are the terpenes and the phenols. So we can look at three different molecules that are the most often that come up in our investigation of essential oil compounds. And those are monoterpenes, sesquiterpenes, and phenols. So in one of my blog posts, which you can go read on my website, I talk a little bit about the phenols being like the maiden warriors. So that's an easy way of understanding that these are very active and very fierce. And the maiden warriors of the phenols are then clearing out your receptor sites of all the um, unwanted toxins. So these can be spiritual, it can be emotional, they can be physical toxins. And mm-hmm. it helps to balance 
the microbiome within our body. One of the fascinating research we have is that, as you know, um, and may already realize the intelligence of plants and plant spirits and as embodied in their essential oil, the research shows that the essential oils can help to balance the microbiome by knowing intelligently which are good for us and which aren't. So it's not hmm. indiscriminately going in there to wipe everything out, which is part of the problem with our um, current, um, you know, approach. With Western so, medicine, a lot of the yeah, <laughs> medicines that we have, it, right? they're, they're wiping yeah, yeah. out the good with the bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so that's the phenols. And then we have the sesquiterpenes. The sesquiterpenes are like the wise elders. And so sesquiterpenes are going to go in there and really clear out the space and sweep out the what we're holding on to that is no longer needed mm-hmm. and helping to really clear and reveal what's necessary what's of priority to us. And so you can think of sesquiterpenes as really affecting our mind and our brain. Mm -hmm. And many um, formulas that are for us to gain clarity to to oxygenate our brains are full of sesquiterpenes. And sesquiterpenes, uh, essential oils that are rich in sesquiterpenes are the ones that frankincense, sandalwood, cedarwood. So really mm. clarifying to our thought processes. So then we How go interesting, because didn't you yeah. refer to it as, oh, sorry, I was going to say go you ahead. referred to them as ancient elders, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you referred to it as ancient elders? I think that's so beautiful because when I think of those smells, there's a, a sense of wisdom and yeah. Yes. Continue. Sorry. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this analogy uh, is easy for us to understand outside of the science realm. And so then mm-hmm. you go to the monoterpenes and then again, helping us to remember monoterpenes M for mother. So we have the maiden, the mother and the wise elder. So the mother, the monoterpene mm-hmm. comes in at the end and, um, just kind of it makes sure that everything comes into a wholesome, um, I suppose, completion without any judgment, with um, unconditional love, and just to hold that space for the healing to happen. Part of the the emotional wisdom is that we're able to access a lot of these deep-seated emotions with intention. So essential oils work with intention, and yet it is not harsh, and it's not jarring to our system. We start Mm -hmm. to feel gradually better, but because we're adding our intention in there, we're also aware of the changes that are happening. And we start to notice, wow, if that had happened before I started um, consciously working with the plants, I would have blown up and reacted. But I'm sensing that I'm actually taking a pause and taking a breath 
and I'm responding lovingly and with kindness. So it's kind of magic. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because as you're talking, um, especially when you were initially describing the, um, the science behind it, I went back in my head to Jillian because Jillian was explaining in one of our first episodes about crystals and how they work and their vibrational matches and how our bodies essentially attuned to that same high vibration. And then you talking about the plants and then the same thing with, you know, putting our intention with the plants is the same thing that we do with crystals. So it's just so beautiful to think about how nature, no matter which aspect, it all comes together and is all helping. They're all helping us. There are little allies trying to help us on our journey of life. And I think that's so beautiful. I did have a question because you were just explaining the phenols and the, um, I forget the, the names, but you described them as the maiden, the mother, the wise elder. Now, are these properties in each of the essential oils or certain essential oils attributed to each of those? Does that question even make sense? I don't know if I described that properly. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are many ways to categorize essential oils. One of them is through the majority of these compounds in each. So as I mentioned, uh, uh, with sesquiterpenes, essential oils high in sesquiterpenes, you would find in the ones I mentioned, uh, frankincense, sandalwood, mm -hmm. cedarwood. And uh, phenols, you can think of it as a little spicy. So these are the young maidens. And you can find phenols in, say, cinnamon, in oregano. Okay. Uh, and then the monoterpenes are a little more stable and, you know, loving. You can find monoterpenes in essential oils um, like marjoram. Marjoram has a really nice balance, actually, of monoterpenes, sesquiterpenes, and um, phenols. And so it would be a really good oil to use if you, you know, wanted a balance of all of it. Um, oh, and got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so cool. one book I really recommend that I love is The Chemistry of Essential Oils Made Simple. And uh, <laughs> a lot of my um, learning has been through um, Dr. David Stewart's thick book. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. for, for us reader lovers out there, we'll put a link in the show notes for everybody too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very cool. So how, because you were a financial analyst and then you moved on to wanting to save the world, but doing it from a, a pretty privileged position. How did you then move into this being your calling? Bes mm -hmm. I mean, was it literally just you bought something outside of London and you're like, this is it? Or were you searching for healing yourself and then you had a few sessions and it really resonated with you? What was, what was the journey that moved you to um, really embodying this work? Mm-hmm. Well, so underneath all of my... Um, career happenings, I was always on the lookout for natural solutions to everyday living. So I've always been an avid um, label reader. <laughs> you will see me <laughs> at grocery stores and reading all the labels 
you know, none of the toxins for me. And it got a little tiring. It got to the point where I don't know if you've ever experienced it. It's kind of a, a fatigue that is mm-hmm. almost uh, to the point of resignation. Like there's so many toxins yeah. out there. I can never defeat it. Why am I even doing this? This is too draining mm-hmm. on me. So I was always mm-hmm. trying new products, trying new things. Okay. So that's underneath all my career stuff. Um, and then I had children, which magnified that even more, that, that part mm-hmm. of me, like, I'm going to do right. We're going to eat all organic. Da, 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 da. So then when my, my son now is 21 years old, when he was about seven or eight, he started, um, well, maybe eight or nine. So he started not wanting to go to school. He would always look for a toilet. He was like, I'm not leaving the house because I don't know if there's going to be a toilet anywhere. So the problem was digestive. And Mm. it made me dive deep into the world of nutrition. And along with it, all the emotional questioning of what have I done wrong? I'm the one that, you know, read the labels and I don't have any toxins in the house. I'm feeding him all organic. But then there are deeper layers. So essentially what I found out and what I um, tried right away was to remove gluten and remove dairy from the house. And that uh, corrected the problem uh, substantially. And Mm -hmm. because of the years and years of um, even organic gluten and organic dairy, even um, trying to keep it clean, uh, there were unprocessed and undigested proteins within our body. And so I took it out for him, took it out for the whole family, but realized I was getting better. My emotional swings were actually calming down and I was not getting my acne and menstrual disruptions, PMS, all of that. So, um, I would say we got about 75% better, but we were still battling a lot of the microbiome issues. And Mm -hmm. it got to a different level of uh, diligence and discipline and fatigue. And so... (laughs) (laughs) I know know it well. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, And what I found, like I said, for me was I had all these health issues that I never addressed. But when it was my children... I went right into action. And now I realized, uh, oh, it's also helping me, right? Um, So anyway, I was big into changing out the school lunch program at his school district because of all my newfound nutrition um, interest. So I did that. And then my younger son was born and in between had a lot of miscarriages. And Mm -hmm. part of that too was again, the health issues and the emotional um, impact from that. Long story short, when my younger son turned, was about to turn four, um, I was like, well, what should I do now? I've changed lunch school, school lunch program. I've done all these things, right? And I asked myself, what is it that I really uh, am interested in outside of work and, and when I have free time? And what I noticed was I was always pouring through my nutritional uh, nutrition books and mostly on herbs. And so I went back to school. I went back and got my nutrition consulting certificate. And within um, that program, I dived deeper into herbs 
deeper into essential oils and um, actually bought a whole bunch of essential oils while I was at that program. And again, it was not working. Um, and then, of course, you know, life takes you along the path. I'm at a school craft fair. My children went to a Waldorf school in, in San Diego at that time. And my friend was running a booth and um, I walked up to her and I go, well, what's, what's the difference between Young Living Essentials and all the other essentials I've tried? And she tells me about the frequency. She tells me about the seed to seal program, about the farms that they run all over the world and just basically the love and the care towards um, taking care mm -hmm. of Mother Earth. So that was when I decided to try it. And right away, um, my body responded. So that's when it got me mm. to almost 95%, you know, uh, recovery. And a lot of it, I think, was, again, helping the microbiome and helping the emotions. What I didn't realize was with the acne on my face, I used frankincense and, and purification, which is a blend that has um, lemongrass and citronella, I used it on my face because I had acne, and most of the time we start using it for the multitude of physical problems we have. But once I started using it, I noticed I was a nicer mom. I was screaming less. I was not that uh, road rage driver in California that honked at you if you didn't move <laughs> when the light turned green. I gave you two seconds. If you're not moving, I'm honking at you. <laughs> I tell people that story now and they're like, what? I can't imagine you doing that. But I was, you know, and we all can change. So uh, that's really how it all started. That was nine years ago um, oh, that, wow. yeah, that I did start with Young Living Essential Oils. But it was, um, you know, like I said, he's 21 now. So it was uh, back then that I, we really started going gluten-free and dairy-free. And of course, um, oh, no. meditation and yoga and all of that was sprinkled in there. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it just, it all ties in all these, all these modalities, um, you know, whatever. And I know you, I believe you do breath work as well or no, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. if you had done breath work, pranayama. There's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, all these different modalities that Jillian and I are bringing to, you know, a little bit of light on with this podcast, there's no one way. These are just different ways to help support us. So yes. it's beautiful. It's like a long, you know, the sense of smell. I think this is amazing because me personally, I use, I've used some essential oils like at night to fall asleep. I'll have a little, um, like lavender oil or one time, um, Jillian and I, we go to these very large, uh, gem shows and I'm probably, it's probably the same with Jillian, but when, whenever we're doing these, we're there for like a week straight of being surrounded by these massive crystals, which is so gorgeous and so beautiful, but you're on this high from all the crystal energy that I was not sleeping at all for days. Mm -hmm. I just, I was so exhausted because you're, you know, you arrive as soon as the gem show starts, you don't leave till they're kicking you out. You're exhausted, but I couldn't sleep. And the one time I was finally able to sleep is I remember I had lavender um, essential oil and I put a couple drops in my water and chugged the whole glass and I was out and slept all night. So I actually forgot about that story till now. I'm like, Hmm, I should do <laughs> You do that more often, but yeah, it's good to bring awareness to all the different beautiful nature's healing ways, whether it's, you know, essential oils, crystals, all the things that we can naturally do to help ourselves. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Thank I'm you. I'm curious, yes. especially with mm -hmm. your background, 
Oh, in nutrition, I just wanted to kind of tie into that. Are there instances where you would recommend essential oils versus herbal teas versus elixirs? Are there are there different instances in which you'd recommend one versus another? So um, one of the most basic things I realized after I did nutrition school was that my idealistic version of eating well and not taking supplements was basically um, not realistic in this mm. modern world where so much of what we eat is depleted of minerals and nutrients. And so while I advocate eating really well and drinking lots of herbal teas, um, there's also supplements that would complement the whole. Now, when I got out of nutrition school and um, I started uh, really diving deep into what Young Living has to offer, and there were all these supplements with herbs in them. And my question was, well, what makes it different to actually have supplements with herbs and essential oils combined versus just herbs that I had already been taking? And one of the research shows that taking any form of supplement, um, and I'm sure you've read like consumer reports of how we're, you know, basically drinking your money down the drain because we're not absorbing any of the, the multivitamins or supplements that we're mm -hmm. taking. Well, so the research showed that it was about 20% blood absorbency uh, if you took a supplement without essential oils. And when essential mm. oils were added, essential oils work as a delivery mechanism in our body. So they mm. act as um, lignans, which, which are messengers. And so they actually, in a physical way, carry the vitamins and the minerals into our cells. And so the research shows that it actually went up to about close to 80% in absorbency wow. when you add essential oils. And wow, that that's got significant. me really curious. Yes. Yeah. It's very wow. significant. Wow. And in fact, it's one of those unknown um, superheroes, but not so unknown because when you look deeper, there are uh, pharmaceutical companies now wanting to um, patent certain delivery mechanisms using essential oils with their, um, you know, products. So mm. I love that herbs have this ability to, um, again, address different parts of our organs and systems, but I also love adding essential oils in them. And so, uh, you know, I advocate taking it all. <laughs> now, Got it. Okay. With, <laughs> so yeah. using them in a combination of each other. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and okay. in terms of elixirs, would you, um, there's so many definitions of elixirs and I definitely have an elixir that I drink every single day, but maybe give me your definition of an elixir. Probably exactly that. Like an, instead of an essential oil where you're putting like a drop on yourself or, you know, if there's like a, do you use tinctures? I think it was more mm. just coming to an understanding of like, if your client comes to you or if you have, you know, um, certain problems that clients are consistently coming to you for, 
and in which instance you would recommend an essential oil versus maybe some type of tincture versus, oh, try this tea. Or again, is it a combination of all three Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. So, um, a few different ways, uh, I would start, but essentially it would be getting everything to a foundation of health. And what that means is taking a look at what's in your house that has artificial scents. And most of the time we start with the laundry. And this is an Mm -hmm. unlikely place to start for your health and yet the most obvious place. Most Mm -hmm. of us, again, have that innate attraction to scents. And so we buy all these things that help us smell better. And yet, lo and behold, uh, they are actually doing more harm than good. So these artificial scents that are in our laundry, in our dryer sheets, are permeating our bedrooms in the closet, permeating our bodies as we wear them all day, and permeating our house because the laundry room just is the olfactory <laughs> um, spreader, you olfactory know. Olfactory overload. To, to <laughs> yeah. Olfactory <laughs> overload, yes. So um, mm. lifestyle, it really starts with switching out. Um, they say that the average woman puts on um, 80 artificial chemicals on their body before they even leave the house in the morning. And it's shocking if you look at your facial products, your body products, your shampoo, all of it have artificial scents. Anything that says natural flavors, natural fragrance, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it is a term in which they hide under. Unless it has the Latin name of the plant in which they have the fragrance in, it is Mm -hmm. almost always unnatural. And Mm -hmm. in fact, your nose starts to get trained to know what is good for you and what isn't. And how many times I've spoken to people about scent and like, don't talk to me about scents. I can't even walk down the aisle without getting a headache. And I'm like, that Mm -hmm. is good news. That is good news because your nose is actually telling you that those are not healthy for you. What I'm talking about is Mm -hmm. absolutely different than what you find in the grocery store aisle. I'm talking about plant essences that are responsibly and lovingly cultivated, harvested, distilled, and with nothing added and nothing taken away. You cannot create that in the lab. And so that would be the foundation. And then um, the foundation of our health is nutrition. We cannot um, function without the minerals, the vitamins. And what I have found is... um, my elixir is an ancestral herb that is now widely available to everyone in the world, you know, which is amazing, is this wolfberry from the high plains in Inner Mongolia. And we call it Ningxia oh, wow. red because this area is called Ningxia. And it has the highest, um, you know, when we talk about highest, we're talking about weight to weight. And so it's got the highest protein source of any herb. It's got the highest um, potassium source of any herb. And it is um, known as an adaptogen because it feeds Hmm. so many of our different body systems from our liver to our heart, to our eyes. And 
if we drink that drink once a day, twice a day, we start to feel energy coming back. And so when a client comes with an issue, I wouldn't treat that issue right away. I would ask about their foundational lifestyle first, because anything else is just like putting a Band-Aid on a leaky boat. 100%. I feel like each episode, this is reiterated over and over and over. Mm -hmm. um, of starting up, not, not treating the problem. The problem isn't the issue. There's an underlying thing going on. So mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, inner, yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and what we find also with these artificial senses, how it messes with our hormones. And so mm -hmm. a lot of emotional, um, issues are from hormonal imbalance and we're not actually you know going in and treating and curing anything we're asking that person to start to reflect on everything from the meaning of life to um the the choices they make in their lives and so i really want to bring this back to the ancient um, wisdom as women, as priestesses, as goddesses, as holders of feminine knowledge. And working with the earth mother is our birthright. And we are part of the earth mother. We are part of nature. We're not here to say we are here and plants and crystals are over there. We're saying let's merge with it. Let's invite mm -hmm. the essential oils to become a part of us. As they enter us, we are lovingly and um, with surrender, opening up ourselves to their medicine, to their intelligence. Just with everything that we eat, we're asking whatever we're eating to become a part of us. And so anyway, as carriers of this medicine, it has been... Um, for thousands of years, the shamans of China, known as the Wu, the poems around their uh, dress and their preparation always includes fragrance. The Egyptian priestesses, they understood that fragrance was their connection to the divine. Mm -hmm. And as we adorn ourselves, anoint ourselves with these sacred um, oils, we are acknowledging that we are the bridge between heaven and earth. And essential oils are the very uh, manifestation of the alchemy between sun and soil. And so it's not just another tool. That is um, the language of... Um, that is the language that we have created in this, in this patriarchal society. It is um, a relationship that we cultivate. So it's not about um, what product do I buy. It's really about what choices do I make because I buy products anyway. I'm like raising my hands to the air. Preach, <laughs> sister, preach. Yes, 100%. Yeah. This always goes back to self-advocacy. A lot of times we're searching outside ourselves. 
Why am I, you know, why am I not feeling good? Why am I this? Why that? Let me go to the doctor. Let me, let's pause, turn inward and go back to what are the choices I'm making? What are the choices I'm making that are having these effects and connecting with mother nature and connecting with all these natural ways that we can heal ourselves. We don't need the outside. We can do it ourselves with nature in conjunction with nature and not using nature working in conjunction with it as tools that have been around for millennia. Like our ancestors and ancestors and ancestors behind us have all used this medicine and we've got away from that. And now this is the era where we're returning to it. And I think it's so fascinating and so cool because there's so much science behind it. So Ugh. You're, you're yeah, everything I wonder, you just said right now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give credit to the science because being uh, humans in this age of technological advance is not about shunning it or saying, um, looking and seeing all the bad things. It's really about uh, understanding that our ability to tap into what's there has really accelerated uh, our ability to connect with it. So what I'm really saying is, yes, um, in the Egyptian times, you see them putting the cones on the crown of their head, and these were myrrh resins that melted in the sun's rays, and then they received it, right? And the scent came through. But today we have distillers and we have precise um, times and, and temperature in which we distill it. And some may argue, well, back then they didn't have all these technology. And so how can you say that they were also, you know, what I'm really saying is that we are um, kind of moving into a much more accessible way of, of really tapping into this magic. And mm -hmm. we are really um, understanding and knowing that we have the means now as a, as a human, human race that's advancing technologically and coming back into our hearts. <laughs> so it's yeah, all of it, you know? It's so cool because, yeah, it's basically what our ancestors innately knew. They were doing it anyway, but now we have the science to prove it. Whereas, you know, mm -hmm. during the Salem witch trials, people, people like us were burned for this. Like they, mm -hmm. this, it was a complete opposite of what was being taught. So it's bad and it's wrong. And now to be in this era where science is proving it all on top of we're, we're doing what we innately know, but now we have the science behind it as well. And I think that's so cool. <sighs> Thank you. Yes. For that. And um, <laughs> not discounting the fact that we were probably much more advanced in, in earlier um, civilizations that right mm -hmm. now we're not yet acknowledging. So mm. Yeah. It's not that we are yeah, yeah. rediscovering it in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think there's something to be said for the patriarchal for, like view of science, because when we're thinking about, right, quote unquote, the age of enlightenment, it was really about understanding things, quote unquote, scientifically and understanding why that they're happening 
but it was in a way that was removed, right? We were, we are the observers. We are the conquerors. It was very, you know, colonialistic in how science was being applied as opposed to now, I think we are coming back into using science as a way to show the wisdoms that we already had and being able to understand it, but not in a way that differentiates us from it, that we are still part of it. It is still a part of us, but you know, it, it is, it always makes me sad when I think of the, how much wisdom was lost in like such a short amount of time. But you know, I'm especially with like these kind of conversations that we're having, hopeful that we're as a planet, as a collective on our way to, to rediscovering those. We just really need to listen to the people who actually didn't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> and we all have the memories within us. And so while yes. um, we are talking about the very basic layers of, of partnering with essential oils to heal our emotional trauma, we are destined to go beyond that. And beyond that is mm. this space of connection to spirit that is uh, almost attuned to clairvoyance, right? Where you start mm -hmm. to notice how connected you are with all and and the it's it goes both ways, this intention. One of the research shows, uh, and we know this with water, we know this with crystal, that you are projecting something into the essential oil and you measure the, the, with megahertz, you measure the frequency and it goes down. And, and this was done um, through Bruce Tainio and his technology. And then um, as you also project loving thoughts to it, the reading goes up. And just with crystals, you can project love onto it, you can project images onto it and it starts to show up, right? or water. So it's a remembrance that we are, um, we are influencing our own lives. We're influencing the frequency in the space in which we inhabit. And we drop this idea of having to fix other people or even as a healer, heal other people, because as we hold on and, and vibrate at our frequency, which is just getting higher and higher and higher if you're on that train, um, <laughs> we are making a difference wherever we go. So true. So true. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, I do have, I'm a little curious as to when you're working with clients, are they coming, are there prevalent concerns that you notice that they're specific, like a lot of your clients tend to show up time and again for the same issue? Yes. 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 And yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> ultimately in many different, uh, spiritual teachings and systems, we are in a time of change. In this time of change, we're moving from a frequency of mass consciousness of victimization, victimhood, into a frequency of freedom, of being conscious, of being awake. Now, how you get there from victimhood to freedom has many different, uh, I guess, layers of shadows and um, the gifts you can come into. Um, and now I'm talking from my work as a Gene Keys guide, and I love I was about to say, keys. this sounds a lot like Gene Keys. 
I yes. was like, I was like, this sounds like Richard Rudd right here. Okay, fifty five. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and so as a Gene Keys guide, I actually combine um, using and and customizing essential oils for the different shadows we move through. But what wow. I'm getting at here, yeah, is that it can show up in many different ways, and yet the fundamental um, emotions is about being unworthy, unloved, mm. and rejected, abandoned, not truly stepping into the knowing within that we are divine beings and that we are um, here to express our divinity, our genius, our gifts, right? And, and what's blocking us from that is the layers and layers of protection we have put around our hearts. Um, and everything we're doing is to create a safe space for the dismantling and the melting of those barriers and to come into this um, sense of empowerment that is not going to really judge ourselves. As we judge ourselves, we believe that others are judging us. And the truth is other people are too self-obsessed to be judging you. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just busy judging themselves, you know? Um, Yeah, so a lot of times it's loneliness, it's rejection, it is unworthiness. And it is not, um, it is believing that we are somehow the victims of um, life and not stepping into our own empowerment and our divinity. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely would. Um, I am curious, too, because Jillian and I, we're both crystal advocates, and we often talk about how you you know, your intuition knows when it comes to crystals, which ones you need, you know, whether that's daily, weekly, whatever. You're intuitively drawn to the crystals that end up resonating most with what you're going through currently in your life. So I'm curious if the same applies to our sense of smell and essential oils or herbs. Are the ones that we're more attracted to innately typically the ones that we need? There are a few do, different do ways you tend to, to notice that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sometimes one essential oil can smell different even as we're putting intention into it. So the modality in Mm -hmm. which I teach is emotional, um, releasing emotional patterns with essential oils. And we connect um, an emotion with an essential oil, take that emotion to the other side, which is the higher frequency of that band. And there is a way out, which is an affirmation. And there's an acupuncture point in which we put it on. One essential oil blend or single can be for many, a few different emotions. And the common um, feedback is that as we're using it for one of the emotions, it smells different as we're using it for the next emotion, which is really curious because, yeah, 
Hmm. Again, it's the intelligence of the essential oil that's um, addressing the, the, you know, different parts of us. Sometimes right. uh, when we're using it for one emotion, it smells good. For the other emotion, it doesn't smell good, right? So we have a tendency to label good or bad, like or dislike. And the truth is, if it causes pain or fear, that's when uh, those emotions are ready to be felt and released. And if we mm. stop it right there and say, this is causing me pain, I don't want to go any further. If we're committed to the process, right? Um, literally going through that pain or that fear is the way out. Uh, when we suppress it, it is what leads to blockages. It is what leads to mm. the energy going within to create within because it has nowhere else to go. And so you can use the analogy for growth within us, any kind of growth within us that has just been suppressed, that energy was not released, right? Or transmuted mm -hmm. into something that was creative uh, of service. So yes, if it doesn't smell good, there's always another oil to use to help you get to the place where you're ready to face what doesn't smell good. What's ironic is once you get there, that smell may no longer affect you because there's mm. so many layers within us that is being addressed at each time. Uh, there, and there are also different ways. It's, it's interesting because someone may not like an oil and we use the blend Harmony on them. Uh, we put a, one hand on the crown, one hand on the heart, and we leave it there for five minutes. And then you come back and you smell the oil and it's like, oh, it smells good now. Because hmm, we used harmony within us and it did its thing and now it's different. So the truth is uh, we also use pendulums, muscle testing, you know, however you like. You can sway, you can use your, your um, even truth tingles that you get, right? This intuitive hits. Starting anywhere is going to be beneficial. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. Is that how you would recommend beginning to cultivate uh, a deeper relationship with essences, with plant spirits? Is there any other, maybe like a ritual or specific practices that you would recommend to our listeners to start deepening that relationship? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, because I come from the lens of um, my teachings, from my ancestral teachings from East Asia, I like to bring it back to our organs and the five element system. And so we have uh, general emotions that are stored in our organs. So you may have heard of liver storing anger, the stomach storing worry, the heart storing grief. Um, and so as we... Um, as we address those general ones, it could be a great way to start for someone who doesn't really know where to start. And so on my blog post, I talk about it, but we can start with the five different oils where we start to have um, the ability to feel um, not loneliness, but one with all, not anger, but laughter. So the other side of anger is laughter, not worry, but abundance and not um, grief, 
but joy, and not fear, but knowingness. And so those oils are a great way to start. And those are white angelic. Those are mostly blends. And, and one of the reasons I love blends is because um, there's synergy in different compounds working together, where in the quantum world, one plus one is not two. One plus one is three. It's like right? making a crystal um, grid. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Hmm. And and as an aromatherapy coach, I could go and blend things. Yes, but I prefer, and that's just my own way of really already having those blends for my clients to work through uh, what I know is already um, kind of the whole modality was, again, um, you know, received as a transmission through muscle testing that the one that I'm talking about um, that was created by Dr. Carolyn Mine almost 30 years ago now that I teach with her. And so with that, um, those five essential oil blends can help with just starting right out. But most people then, again, also just start with, well, I just want to make my house a nice spa-like atmosphere, no artificial fragrances. And as it diffuses, it's also going to work within us, you know. So it's really a matter of preferences. I feel like the blends too can account for how you said it'll smell one way and they work through one thing and then the, the scent smells different and that plant, um, how did it, how was it worded? But essentially the plant knows. So it's like, it's yes. the, the essence is you need the, you're trying to work on this aspect. So that's what you're smelling. But as you work through it, then there's this other note that you start to notice more because then it's that you've already worked through this issue. Now it's this issue that it's focused on. That's so cool. Yes. Yeah. And I just want to show (laughs) listeners that this is the book I work with, Releasing Emotional Patterns with Essential Oils. And I send this to any of my customers that purchase um, the oils so that they can really uh, practice this at home as as a self-guided journey. Very cool. Yeah, because we were wanted to ask that. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to someone that's new to using essential oils and elixirs for their wellness? And how can they get started to ensure that they're using them safely and effectively? Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I love being a brand partner with Young Living Essential Oils is that I am the one that's guiding my customers, and I'm guiding them through mm-hmm. using it safely, using it effectively, using it with intention, respect, and honor. Um, just as with any other product you buy from the stores, there is no one to guide you after. You can go online and you can Google and do all these things, but there's so much on the internet that um, are warnings that are for lower quality essential oils. And so as we use something that is really not in the realm of ordinariness, it is my pleasure to take people's hands and and guide them through it. And so I'm available for all my customers. And the model of of how I work is that um, they are able to schedule with me and they basically ask me any question they want. Oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What are some of the different ways? I know because you kind of mentioned a few different ones, but like 
I always thought it was you could put it in a diffuser or like in your bath water. I didn't realize you could actually drink it. So depends what are, on the brand. Yeah. So I guess that's like what are for at least for the, I guess two questions then. What are the different ways to use it? And then if it's a lower quality brand, which I guess, you know, we're generally not recommending here, but if it is a lower quality brand, because there's only people have different budgets, what, what are some safe ways to use those? And maybe other ways we shouldn't use them. Okay. Well, first of all, um, <laughs> just, just <laughs> as an aside, <laughs> yes. yeah. um, <laughs> there are, um, essential oils for every budget, um, within Young Living. I just want to mention that. And for instance, mm. lemon essential oil was the first one I ran out of when I bought my starter bundle and I was surprised, but that's because I used it for so many different things. I used it in my morning water. I used it to wash my vegetables from pesticides. I used it to clean. Um, and that bottle is under $15. Mm. Um, oh. Cedarwood is another one that, uh, Dr. David Stewart, uh, recommends before reading a book that is full of chemistry. Uh, he puts a drop on his thumb and sucks it and it goes right again into our brain to help us hmm. um, understand and have clarity as we read. That is also under $15. So anyway, just wanted to put that out there. It okay. is Thank truly, you. again, a choice of using what's higher quality for your body um, I wouldn't recommend um, putting on your body anything that is not of purity. Okay. So there are three major ways. One is inhalation. And inhalation can come from us diffusing it. So we don't recommend burning it. It was very popular in the 80s and 90s to have um, a burner with water, a candle underneath, and putting essential oils on the top. Because the heat actually um, degrades the mm. molecules. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of burning your money in a way, right? So mm. uh, a high, uh, what do you call it? High diffusion ionic diffuser is really good. It um, shoots out these tiny, tiny essential oil molecules into the air. And the beauty of that is your space is energized into and cleansed into um, mm. a high frequency space. So I always have that going at my house. People walk in, they're instantly relaxed and they're like, wow, I love this space. <laughs> they don't even know why. <laughs> um, and your good energy and the crystals. <laughs> yeah. So um, heat though does, so we don't want to burn it or boil it, but if the water is um, warm enough to create some steam and we can inhale it, it's really good for our lungs. And so this is really good for when we feel any um, yuckiness that just needs to be cleansed right through. You can put a towel over your head and have a steaming bowl and put one or two drops of, you know, eucalyptus or peppermint, mm. um, mm -hmm. any of the oils that just have this uh, opening ability rosemary that's um aromatic i'm envisioning Topical. all this and i'm just like ah this sounds so like 
the spa day. Yes. This sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so <laughs> it's it's really fun to have spa day, sister spa day events, you know, where we experience it, we do facials for each other, and yeah. So topically so cool. is to go back to your very first comment about how many um you know, cell receptor sites we have on our body, millions, but it's all over. So even topically, we are receiving the sense, even if it doesn't go through our uh, olfactory system. So hmm. we talk about uh, some spicy oils that we don't want directly on our skin, and we can put it on with a carrier oil. Carrier oils are um, vegetable oils. You can imagine jojoba oil, argan oil, grapeseed oil, coconut oil, and uh, almond oil, right? These are oils that can help to actually, first of all, allow the essential oil not to evaporate too quickly and also to slow down the spread into the skin. Hmm. If anybody spilt any essential oil on themselves, don't panic. Don't use water because water will um, actually make it penetrate into the skin much quicker. Use okay. a carrier oil and the carrier oil will calm it down and will slow down the um, absorption. Hmm. Interesting. Good tip. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's some essential oils like uh, from citrus fruits mostly grapefruit, bergamot, lemon, they are cold-pressed from the rind of the fruit. As mm. the fruit is on the tree and it's not yet ripe, it has this chemical compound, um, fucumarine. It actually intensifies the UV rays in order to help that fruit uh, ripen. So if essential oils from citrus oils are used on the skin, they may uh, increase your ability to absorb UV rays, which will lead to um, sun um, tan, sunburn. So we always hmm. advise not to use uh, citrus essential oils on skin that will be exposed to the sun for more than you know, 30, 45 minutes because you will essentially get a sunspot and, yeah. or, or even wow. sunburn. Yeah, and if it's diluted in carrier oil and just one or two drops, it's totally fine because you do find facial serums with citrus scents. Mm -hmm. But it's diluted enough that it doesn't cause an issue. Got it. Yeah. So another way to topically absorb the essential oils is in a bath. And one of the most common mistakes is people put it directly in the water. And remember what I said, when you put in water, it really, um, first of all, it doesn't dilute and it's concentrated in one spot and it could um, cause an itch or rash and it's just not efficient. So always add salts and sea salt or hmm. Epsom salts. Epsom salts have the bonus of magnesium, which helps you to relax even more and sea salts have the bonus of really clearing negative energy from your body. So, so you recommend putting topical. it, the oil 
putting the salt in first and then a drop of oil in the water, or you put the drop of oil onto the salt and then the salt in the water? Drop of oil, not just a drop. I would say five to seven drops because, mm-hmm. you know, a bathtub's pretty big. But yeah. you would put that yeah. on the salt first and the salt then first. into the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. This is all One, stuff I never would have thought of. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I love doing with the salt is, so again, um, salt's the greatest scrubs, right? And uh, also as cleansing of energy, low frequency. So I actually, after putting the oils on the salt, I take the salt and I scrub myself. Not too harsh because you don't want to get too, um, you know, abrasive. And Mm -hmm. then I just dip myself into the water. (laughs) Mm. Hmm. All these are great ideas. I'm like, hmm, when am I going to have time to try? (laughs) Yeah, you own time, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also like adding baking soda in there. So that's an added detoxification. Mm-hmm. And then you can also, if it's of the young living, cause it's such a high, high quality, you can also drink them, correct? You can put them in water mm-hmm. to drink them. So as far as I know, young living is the only essential oil company that has a separate label for dietary supplements. Ah, and so you'll see okay. it actually says vitality oil. Now we have lavender vitality and lavender that's labeled for aromatic and topical use. This is all FDA Mm. requirements. We cannot label Mm -hmm. the aromatic and topical use also as a dietary supplement. So we had to come up with a way of telling our consumers that you can actually take this internally. Now, they're exactly the same oil. So my... um, My Good choice to is to just get the the bigger 15 ml bottle because it's more cost effective per drop, right? Than the 5 ml, which is the vitality. Um, but for consumers that are wondering, it's better to get the vitality oil and take it internally. We like to take it in capsules. We put it in tea, water. Um, you know, like I said, lemon essential oil in water every morning. Here's a quick tidbit about lemon. You've probably heard, um, you know, this this health tip, drink lemon water in the mornings and your whole body is alkalized and that's a good thing. Now, then people found out, oh, it's um, eating into my enamel because it's so acidic, but it does turn alkaline in your body, granted. So then people said, well, use um, straws so you don't really put it on your teeth. A good nutritionist will also say, don't forget to um, put the rind in there. So you grate some rind in oh. with the lemon juice. Now, the rind is where the real medicine is because that's where a lot of the um, antioxidants and the, the good, um, what it does is it supports your liver to detox. And so it, it helps um, your glutathione levels and... Anyway, it's all in a rind. So the essential oil comes from the rind. So just putting a drop of essential oil in your water solves all the problems because now your enamels are not going to, enamels not going to degrade and you don't have to go find a lemon, an organic lemon. Yeah. That's (laughs) cool. Okay. Sold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what does a typical session with you look like? Because I know you offer several different 
um, modalities and ways to work with your clients. Um, what are the different modalities that you offer in your practice? And yeah, what would a typical session for if our listeners are interested in working with you, what would it look like? Mm-hmm. So it's really always customized to the client's situation in life. And so one session today may be different in the year, right? Depending on where they are in, in the phases of their lives. If someone was coming in for emotional issues, we literally would go through this book and find an emotion that we would work with. And if we wanted to do chakra clearing, we would go through all the different chakras um, and have uh, and, and work on the emotions that are coming out from expressing from those chakras. If we want to work on, um, say, you know, any emotion, ab- fear of abandonment or um, anger, we would then work through that. Now, how that again, what that does is we put the the essential oil on our palm, usually our left palm, because it's the receiving side of the body. We circle it mm-hmm. around three times clockwise. We put it on the crown of our head, the back of our neck. So these are our emotional points and our filter points. Mm-hmm. And then we put it on the point in our body, which is the acupuncture point, and then we inhale it. So we call this a scent tent, and we're inhaling it. <laughs> what we're doing is we're teaching our body how easy it is to choose to feel one emotion and then the other so we start first with the emotion that is um, painful so in this case it could be anger we're going to inhale anger three times every time we exhale we, we let it go. We don't hold on to it. We don't hold on to any stories around it, but we allow that feeling to be inside us to truly immerse ourselves in it. Notice where it shows up. So three times for that, we move to the other side. And in this case, the other side of anger is laughter. So anger as a emotional outburst, laughter as an emotional outburst, right? Mm. So then we are imagining laughter. We're allowing it to fill us again, three times. And every time we exhale, we also let that go because we don't hold on even to anything that's good or what we perceive to be good. And then we, the next three times, so there are nine breaths total. The next three times, we're going to say the, the affirmation. The affirmation in this case is my direction is clear. So whatever that means for you, because anger is always a, a wise message to yourself that something is not right for you. So my direction is clear. Where does that direction go? You have to figure it out for yourself. But you're inhaling the essential oil. You are expressing laughter within yourself. You are telling yourself, my direction is clear. And when that is done, there may be some, um, in the beginning, there's some conversation. At the end, there's some conversation. And that in itself could last um, 45 minutes. We could go through different emotions. And... Um, Usually there's an insight, there's multiple insights, there's also awareness of feeling lighter, feeling less triggered, and less charged. And over time, it leads to a different spiral of evolution. Beautiful. So you mm-hmm. typically will incorporate these um, the essential oils in each healing session? 
Yes. And so some of the healing sessions may not be as, these are for people who are ready to address their emotional issues. There are many people who aren't, and they just want to come and relax. They want to come and, and say, heal me, you know? And, <laughs> and while I don't advocate that, I'm also going to allow space for them to drop into um, their stress-free state and to let their body do its healing, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the raindrop technique is one where the client lays on the massage table. We anoint them basically with essential oils on their feet and on their spine in a succession of mm -hmm. essential oils that are mostly like herbs you would find in your kitchen, oregano, basil, marjoram, thyme. These are really powerful essential oils that can um, enter our body and really support our ability to have a balanced microbiome and um, ease our emotional trauma issues. They lay on the table um, for about an hour. And at the end of it, I put a hot towel in their back and I play some sound bowls, crystal sound bowls, and Tibetan oh, singing awesome. bowls. This mm -hmm. is mostly only for in-person events, and I also yeah, I offer it say. at my retreats <laughs> and workshops. Okay. Yeah, not workshops, um, mostly at retreats, because at retreats we usually have like afternoons off where they can choose to have um, personal integration, integration sessions from each participate uh, each facilitator and for our listeners yeah. can you say where you're where you're located about ish so that they are aware because we have listeners all over the world now so just in case they're listening in from where you're located <laughs> mm -hmm. so i'm on the island of oahu in hawaii and mm -hmm. if you know i've also had people where they've come for a vacation and they take that opportunity oh, to come smart. for a session yes yeah, yeah. so beautiful. it's not just and then you do virtual here. as as well, right? I do virtual. And okay. um, I, I was going to go back to when you were saying about that intuition of um, knowing which oil or which crystal. I really like the idea of divination with oracle cards because our higher self does know. Our conscious mind gets in the way. And so when mm -hmm. we're allowed to pick a card or even to give permission to someone else to pick a card for you, I work a lot with Elena Fairchild's um, crystal mandala cards. And so those crystals are what shows up. And um, in virtual sessions, we can do many different things. We can do divination sessions. We can do, um, again, coaching and if they have the essential oils on hand, we can go through it together. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so how yeah. do our listeners get in touch with you then if they would like to have a session with you? What are the ways they can get my in website, touch with you? Mm -hmm. My website is um, leeannanderson.com. And I respond to every message that comes through unless there's spam, which I can detect. I have an internal spam detector <laughs> <laughs> or scam detector. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Funny things Perfect. come through. You know what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So get in touch with me on my website. I can also take bookings right there. And um, I'm also on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm pretty much accessible. And the beauty of it is 
as I am accessible, I also have found that the most uh, beautiful clients come through because maybe it's just that frequency I'm putting out there. But um, yeah, it's it's been a beautiful um, way of getting to know uh, people of the same resonance throughout the world. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you, you mentioned retreats. Do you have any retreats coming up? I do. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I have a retreat in September 21st through 28th in the equinox season and full moon season in Mount Shasta. So Mount oh. Shasta is a beautiful, sacred, um, mm-hmm. energetic vortex in Northern California. We will be gathering in this 10-acre private property. We will be having different uh, master plant teachers uh, present oh, wow. in two ceremonies in the equinox and the full moon. And we will also be kind of connecting with our star family and communicating with the healing waters that are there as well. So it's going to be magical beautiful. and beautiful. Wow. Yay. Thanks and for that, sharing. So and, if you're listening. <laughs> and the information for that is also on your website, just to confirm. It is, and it's under okay. retreats, and you just see Mount Shasta. Okay, perfect. Beautiful. That sounds really cool. So, you know, this is the part we often will do, like, crystal recommendations, and I feel like with this one there really aren't specific recommendations to go along with, like, sense of smell using essences. <laughs> so, but I would, what I would say instead is that it really would depend on the intention that there are crystal, let's say allies for all of the different, um, all of the different essential oils. You know, I think like the most obvious would be like rose quartz and rose for instance. But, um, I think that that sounds like a really powerful pairing, being able to, especially if you are familiar with crystals and you want to explore this, being able to, um, to utilize that. I also will say, I know there are quite a few people who, who utilize them when crystal gridding as well, well, they'll take essential oils and they will anoint the crystals themselves with corresponding oils. Um, the only thing to keep in mind is which stones you're using for that. I would really stick to a quartz based stone if you're doing that, or at least one that's at least six on the Mohs hardness scale or up, um, softer stones may absorb the oil and you don't want that happening. But, um, I think it seems like a really, a really interesting and resonant way to, to mix these two different forms of, of earth connecting modalities. And I will mm-hmm. say, if you are having trouble figuring out which stones, Jillian has a beautiful encyclopedia on her page as far as which stones are good for what. Um, and then I also have a encyclopedia on my website, irisunique.com, of the formations. Because I did write out a list, like if you're, you know, when it comes to romantic love, have a little crystal heart nearby or a mm. sphere of rose quartz emanating that you know, that vibe, uh, if you want to bring in money, the abundance formation. So check out both of our encyclopedias there. We literally built them for you guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So use them. They're a free tool. Um, if you need help figuring out which crystals to pair with each and then Leanne, you were going to say something. 
Well, it would be an interesting conversation to have, but we definitely have pairings of essential oils and um, crystals. In fact, we have rollers that we make with crystals in it to accentuate oh, cool. the essential oils. And and for sure, Jillian, making sure that the essential oils are not the ones that uh, are too soft, if, if you know, with that mm-hmm. term. We also have um, certain card decks that have been produced by uh, different Young Living members uh, and they are oracle cards where you pick and it's in a, it's a crystal and the essential oils to pair with it with that oh, intention. Wow. Oh, that's yes. fun. Yeah, yeah. So we do a lot of um, crystals and essential oils as a, a theme for a class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Leanne. This has been so insightful, so fun learning so many things that I had no idea about. So this is really exciting for me and I'm sure our listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have an off the cuff -cuff thing that I've been kind of implementing on our episodes with guest speakers. I want to ask you that if you had the opportunity to share one message, and it doesn't have to deal with our topic today, any message at all, if you had the opportunity to have a platform where you can talk to millions of people all over the planet, what one message would you want to share? I would share the message of the idea that you are a divine being that is here to remember, to love, and to be loved, and to experience this lifetime as an opportunity to spread love. Beautiful. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for being open to share. Well, thank you for being here to our listeners. Thank you for being here. We appreciate each and every one of you that is supporting us by listening and just enjoying what we bring, what we're offering as far as just Good vibes. <laughs> yeah. Happiness. We're trying to help uplift. The expansion. Yeah. Just yeah. uplift, inspire. And so thank you for being here and for taking the time. And Leanne, thank you for being here and taking the time to share. We really, really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you. You're both creating a beautiful platform and I'm so honored to contribute to it. And thank you for your work in this world and um, to your listeners for you know, making it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. All right, friends. We hope that you continue along this podcast journey with us. Um, If you're already listening, you've already found us, but just in case you can also find us on Spotify, Apple play, YouTube, and at crystallizingconversations.com. We are also on TikTok and Instagram. You can follow us there. Um, And we would, of course, as always love to know your thoughts and impressions, if there's any topics that really resonated with you, or if there's any topics or uh, crystal questions that you would like us to explore on this podcast, please be sure to let us know. And with that, I think we'll, we'll call it an episode. So take care everyone, and we will see you next time. Thanks everybody. This concludes another episode of Crystallizing Conversations. We are so grateful for every moment you spend with us, whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the crystallizing community. 
To find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.